Dobry den, jak si mayesh? I'm Pavlina, host of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Join me Wednesdays at 11 a.m. for a bilingual hour of Ukrainian music, folklore, and factoids for the culturally curious. And at 12 noon, join Oksana for Nash Holos Ukrainian Hour, here on CHLY 101.7 FM. Father Theomachinsky and St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic parishioners invite one and all to Divine Liturgy, Sundays at 11 a.m., followed by Fellowship in the Hall at St. Michael the Archangel Ukrainian Catholic Church, 4017 Victoria Avenue in Nanaimo. Since 1963, the Zhochenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian community in Canada for the benefit of all Canadians. Our Legacy, Your Tomorrow is the Shochenko Foundation's first major capital fundraising campaign, which listeners of this program are encouraged to support so the Foundation can increase funding for artists, organizations, and initiatives in arts, education, heritage, and community development. For donation options, visit OurLegacyYourTomorrow.com, and for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.ca. Ukrainian-born circus producer and director Gregory Popovich is taking his show on its 25th anniversary tour to a city near you. The world-famous Popovich Comedy Pep Theater voted Best Family Show in Las Vegas and a finalist on America's Got Talent features an amazing cast of 30 performing pets all adopted from animal rescues. Dogs, cats, parrots, goats, geese and more will bring their unique blend of cuteness and comedy to Edmonton, Calgary, Red Deer, Regina, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Toronto, LaSalle, Quebec and Point South. Tickets at Ticketmaster. Details at ComedyPet.com Неси газету, сяду до трамваю, Кувай ми здорова, я вже від'їжджаю, Кувай ми здорова, я вже від'їжджаю, Газету читаю, їду у трамваю, Кувай ми здорова, вже тя не чекаю. Куплюсь кашкета, на вуха нагачу, Кувай ми здорова, вже тебе не бачу, Кувай ми здорова, вже тебе не бачу. Пси кашкета моїх лух не видно, бувай ми здорова, вже мені не стигно. Куплю сивом Бога, соло дощі маю, бувай ми здорова, я відпочиваю, бувай ми здорова, я відпочиваю. Сигару трохи зафайкочу, бувай ми здорова, я тебе не хочу, бувай ми здорова, я тебе не хочу.
Увай ми здорова, моя дівчинонька. Увай ми здорова, моя дівчинонька. And a Ukrainian folk song performed for you by Lvivsky Vatyare and a song about a young man who's rather frustrated in love. It was called Buvai Me Zdorovia. Dobry den, shanovni radio suchachi, ta vitaju vas vsih na radio peredaču naš holos radio krinskoho korinja. Jaka podjetje vam si hodni, tak jak i kožni serede, zodinaci tvoji do 13 hodine na hveli CHLY, 101.7 FM u misti na najmo. Pre mikrofoni pa vina djakuju što rišale per bute z nami na stupnih dvoh hoden, me majmo duže si kavi navene na sjednišnji programi. I čudovu krinsku muziku. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you live from CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm your host, Paulette Demchuk-McCory, Pokadinska Paulina, and I'll be your host for this first hour. And we've got a great program lined up for you. We have a Ukrainian recipe, uh, seasonal, I would say, since um, I guess the crop of Pidpanky is probably just about ready for picking and as well we've got Ukrainian Jewish heritage with a look at a trend in Eastern European uh, Eastern Europe rather uh, for uh, museums and also we'll be speaking with the president of the Ukrainian Canadian Congress in Vancouver Natalie Yetskevich to find out what uh, that organization's all about and what is on the horizon so lots of great stuff coming for you as well we've got our usual proverb of the week other items of interest and great Ukrainian music and coming up next is another traditional Ukrainian folk song which you don't hear much else here on this program <laughs> uh, this song is about two trees and it is called a kalena neverba which translates as a kalena tree is not a willow Я ж у тебе удалася, мені баба розказала, як до татка ти втікала. А калина, а калина не 
молода, Акалина, Акалина не верба, я дівчина, я дівчина молода. Ukrainian cooking. Hello, here's a very good recipe for pickled mushrooms. You will never go back to the jarred pickled mushrooms once you try this easy recipe. Did you know that the mushroom is the fruiting body of a certain fungus and botanically one of the simplest plants? It has no roots, stems, or leaves. It produces no flowers or seeds and relies on spores, reproductive cells, to reproduce itself. The mushroom lacks chlorophyll and therefore cannot carry out photosynthesis to manufacture its own food from sunlight. It has to depend on non-living organic matter for its food, a fact that makes mushroom growing totally different from growing other food plants. There are thousands of wild mushroom species growing in the world, probably over 3,000, some edible, some poisonous. Many mushroom species grow in profusion throughout Ukraine. I've had the privilege of tasting many varieties from the Carpathian region. It was one of the best culinary experiences I've ever had in my life. We bought a variety of mushrooms from children who were selling them on the highway at one of our stops. And at a nearby hotel, we had the chef prepare the mushrooms for us in fresh cream. They were delicious. So get your pens ready for my recipe for pickled mushrooms. You'll need the following. One pound button or cultivated mushrooms. Two small onions thinly sliced. Two thirds cup vinegar. A half a cup water. Ten peppercorns. One teaspoon salt and one teaspoon sugar or to taste, one bay leaf, and one tablespoon of olive oil. Clean and wash the mushrooms, leaving the stems on. Cover with boiling salted water and cook for 15 minutes. Drain and cool. Layer mushrooms and onion slices in a sealer. Simmer vinegar and water, bay leaf, peppercorns, salt and sugar. Pour this over the mushrooms and onions. Top with oil. Cover 
and let marinate in the refrigerator for one to three days. Remove the bay leaf and peppercorns if they if their flavor becomes too strong. Try it. It's Ukrainian. This has been Ukrainian Food Flare from the Nasholos Audio Archives. На чорну хмару небо грозиться, викрешує вогні. Точу баті козаки і яничари загукали, закружляли у борні. Точу баті козаки і яничари загукали, закружляли у борні. Виблискують небесні ятани, а над ними грізні списи січові. Наступають, гонять тучі нездолано, шаленіють чи хлоп'я та лугові. Наступають, гонять тучі нездолано, шаленіючі хлоп'я та лугові. Щось ворожий голос буркає облесно, та дзвінки удари чути на землі. То розковують невільників небесних У міжзоряних просторах ковалів То розковують невільників небесних У міжзоряних просторах ковалів Подалися чорні хмари яничари Мали нові стяги мають як живі Під небесна загорілася скутара Розпадаються хурдиги вікові Під небесна загорілася скутара Розпадаються хурдиги вікові Затихають сколошмачені простори, позбиралися у небі козаки. І пливуть досі чи через море білі чайки чорносині байдаки. And from Ukraine, that was Serhii Solonyi with a song called Serhii Solonyi, or sorry, Be Kozakiv Nebi, that translates as a battle of Cossacks in the sky. Vyslukhite radio peredachu nash holos radio krinskoho korinya na radio stansi CHLY stoadeni sim FM umisti nanaimo. Hovorit pavlina. You're listening to nash holos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm your host, Pavlina.
The Ukrainian-Canadian Congress has been a voice for the Ukrainian-Canadian community since 1940. Headquartered in Winnipeg, UCC has provincial and local branches across Canada, including here in BC, where the Ukrainian-Canadian population is about a quarter of a million and growing. On the line to tell us what UCC is all about, what it's up to, here on the West Coast is the president of UCCBC in Vancouver, Natalia Yaskevich. Natalia, welcome to to Nasholos here in Nanaimo. Vitayu. Thank you, Paulina. Thank you. And first of all, I would like to thank you and Radio Nashgolas uh, for this wonderful opportunity to share Ukrainian-Canadian Congress news with Ukrainian-Canadian community uh, of Vancouver Island and Nanaimo. And uh, you gave us wonderful introduction. So <laughs> our audience already knows uh, who we are in general. Yes, Ukrainian-Canadian Congress is an umbrella organization, and we unite Ukrainian-Canadian and girl organizations in Canada. And the UCCBC, of course, unites Ukrainian-Canadian organizations in British Columbia. Now, the, uh, we, yeah. oh, there, so there are how many branches, uh, local branches, are there in BC mm-hmm. right now? Uh, uh, here in BC, uh, we have two branches, two large branches. It's UCC Vernon branch mm-hmm. and UCC Vancouver branch. UCC Vancouver branch is larger branch. Mm-hmm. It's more active. And under UCC Vancouver umbrella, we have 19 local organizations. Wow. It's a growing, dynamic, proactive organization. So what are some of the things then that uh, UCC actually does as as an organization, I guess, as an organizer of organi- or coordinator of organizations. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, since we represent uh, our local organizations uh, uh, before the people of British Columbia and before the government of British Columbia, so we unite uh, all those uh, those our nineteen organizations. Some of our nineteen organizations are uh, older and have long history in BC. It's like Ukrainian. Community Society of Ivan Franco, mm-hmm. League of Ukrainian Canadians, Ukrainian Social Services, uh, Ukrainian Catholic Women League, Ukrainian Women Association, Ukrainian Studies Foundation, mm-hmm. Choros Svitanok. So they, they have quite solid history in British Columbia. Some of them I knew they just joined uh, Cook in British Columbia and in Vancouver recently in, in last couple of years. Oh. And it's reviving plus. It's Maple Hope Foundation that mm-hmm. provides humanitarian help uh, to Ukraine. It's uh, School Readness Slovo that uh, uh, opened in Vancouver three years exo- uh, ago and uh, really blooming. Mm. These days growing and blooming. It's Ukrainian Vancouver Media Society with its online newspaper, Ukrainian Vancouver. And it's Open World Learning Society. It's Educational Society. Mm-hmm. So we do have five new organizations and uh, these organizations have different focuses some of them are uh, focused solely on cultural aspects of our community development mm-hmm. like uh, Ivan Franco society or like course Vitanak uh, some of them focus on Ukrainian business development like uh, Ukrainian professional and business association mm-hmm. of British Columbia uh, some of them have a strong educational component. I I would say they focus on uh, education and upbringing of Ukrainian youth in British Columbia and in Vancouver Mm -hmm. in particular. And it's, as I mentioned already, Rydneslovo School and Ukrainian Studies Foundation. Uh, It's our open learning, uh, open world learning, and it's plus. 
Wow, and you, you've course, done, yeah, yeah, you've done actually a lot because um, I've been here on the island for seven and a half years now, and um, you know I was in Vancouver prior to that, and so very familiar with a lot of these organizations and people, and they weren't really um, that unif- like They were in touch because we all knew each other as a small community, right? You know, but yeah, uh, it yeah. wasn't, yeah, it wasn't so formally united. So you're doing a really wonderful job with that and bringing everyone together because we did know each other. We crossed paths, you know, but I think mm-hmm. it sounds like what you're doing, what I've been seeing that you've been doing, because you're, there's always something coming through on email. It's going on in Vancouver now where it wasn't happening that way before. So congratulations and good for you for doing that. And really, Thank it's wonderful you. to see. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. I would love to share more what we are doing. You know, as I mentioned, uh, all of those 19 organizations, they have their own very active and dynamic life, and they organize their own events, and they have their own projects, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they do share news with us. But we, as uh, an umbrella organization, uh, we also organize our own events and lead our own projects oh. to give the community opportunity to, to be together, mm-hmm. right? To to provide chance to strengthen our cultural, our community identity, to put ties together, you know, mm-hmm. between old and younger generation, different ways of immigration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we are community. We are supposed to be together. We are supposed to work hand in hand, right? We are supposed Absolutely, to, to yeah. stay strong, open, and welcoming. Yeah. So and- Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say that you know the the fourth community. You're you're from uh, you're the you're fourth commu- uh, wave. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. So you've you've recently come from Ukraine, mm-hmm. and um, and so you're bringing together. This was a this was actually something that we were struggling with when I was in Vancouver. You know, for for quite a while, was integrating mm-hmm. the newcomers. All of a sudden, because you know there was nothing in, after the third wave and a little trickle after Glasnost, but then um, it was in right about, I guess, you know, the early 2000s, all of a sudden there were these fourth wave people and whoa, okay, so what do we do now? Because many were Russian speakers, so there was a little bit of, you know, the language issue there and there was really um, all of a sudden, like, you know, we were tripping over each other almost. And so it's really good to see how you're integrating and um, I've, I've found that the fourth wave has really... Um, almost more in common with the first gen- the descendants of the first and second uh, wave of immigration. So it's really very interesting to see the dynamics now of of the Ukrainian community here on the West Coast. You're doing amazing things over there in Vancouver. <laughs> That's an interesting observation, right? That you know we we find that we have more in common than we previously believed, and you know there's there's certain events that probably pushed us into each other's hugs, right? There were certain events in Ukraine that mm-hmm. uh, kind of activated our sense of identity, mm-hmm. right? And uh, gave people, um, how, how would you say it in English? Gave people uh, the tools, right? And the desire to get together mm-hmm. and to help Ukraine, to help the motherland, no matter when we came, you know, yeah, vision, generation, right. three generations mm-hmm. ago, or just 10 years, or maybe five years ago, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we had a common goal. Right. And that was one of the things that united us, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, yeah, it wasn't without friction, and it is difficult because people of different generations, no mm-hmm. matter what culture they are, they sometimes have different views of mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Plus, uh, when we talk about Ukrainian immigration, uh, different ways of immigration, they came from different Ukraine. I mean, mm-hmm. like socially, historically, it was different Ukraine, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. My generation grew up during the Soviet 
union times mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know the way we were brought up was different from the way people two or three generations ago were brought up in Ukraine, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even views of what patriotism is uh, were a little bit different, sure. right? So there, there were some frictions. I'm not saying that it's, you know, ideal way and we just went waving the flags and everything was super duper wonderful. Yeah, yeah, there were some small frictions, but I think the more we work together, the more we open up to each other, the more we share mm-hmm. uh, uh, what we have uh, to share, right? The more we understand that there are much more things that we have in common that things that divide us. Absolutely, and it's yeah. what's, what's good about, about that, sure, there's friction, but if you can talk about it and yeah. walk, talk through things, come to compromises, you're moving forward and uh, yeah. and that, yeah, that is, that is very unifying and there's growth there where, you know, if you're not talking talking to each other, then, you know, nothing yeah, happens. Yeah, there is no chance to, to grow and mm-hmm. do something or make something, right? Yeah. And that's why, you know, when I talk about events we uh, we organize here or projects that we're working on, we try to think first about our community. Mm-hmm. When, before every event, before we sit down and discuss what we're going to have and we, or how we're going to have it, we think about our community, who we have here, what this particular community needs, right? What our strengths and weaknesses and how we can work with that, what we have here, right? Mm-hmm. And we, uh, during this year, we rethought our approach to the events and we, uh, do much less fundraising events because oh. we keep in mind that we have uh, all the generation that surviving on their pension and it's not that easy and we have new wave of immigrants who came here with kids and they need to raise their family they need to pay for their children education Mm -hmm. and uh, they cannot contribute financially a lot Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but they do contribute and they can contribute and they do contribute and they want to contribute with their volunteering hours you know Mm -hmm. when they uh, help each other and why not you know there are different ways of contributing to the community Mm -hmm. So we agreed that we will um, reduce the number of fundraising events and instead we will have more events for community to get together. Like we had event in Richmond uh, last February, it was Ukrainian Community Night, and we had event in August, it's our Independence Day mm-hmm. picnic, mm-hmm. Community Independence Day picnic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do not think about those events as an opportunity to fundraise. Mm-hmm. We think about them as an opportunity to get community together. Mm-hmm. And we hold it as potlucks, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, when we think about interfa- entertainment for that invi- uh, those events, we invite uh, local groups to entertain us, lo- local Ukrainian groups or, or even representatives of our members' organizations, right? To mm-hmm. to to make those events just just like large family events, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So everybody would feel comfortable there regardless of uh, financial situation at that point. Oh, right? yeah, very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So, yeah, so, mm-hmm. so you've got, you've done uh, several events already. What have you got planned for the future? 
rule. Uh, you know, we for, for the future, we have some events that are traditional for us, right? Uh-huh. Like we had Holodomor commemoration event in November. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful event with, doc- with Panihida and with documentary screening. Mm-hmm. It was attended by uh, federal and local government representatives. Mm. And uh, that event actually sprouted very fruitful cooperation with the BC government. Mm. And from that event, we started to work on two major Holodomor projects, mm-hmm. Holodomor Memorial Project and Holodomor Education Project. Here Holodomor in, Mem- uh, yeah. locally, yeah, those are local projects here? Uh, these are Vancouver and BC projects. Oh, yes, okay. They are local. Uh, yeah, because we are a little bit behind comparing with other uh-huh. five provinces okay. uh, re- uh, regarding Holodomor education in our province and uh, regarding the uh, legislative act recognizing Holodomor as an act of genocide, right? Mm-hmm. So we started working on those two projects and we have two wonderful news. Uh, the legislation assembly is going to look at the Holodomor Memorial Bill Oh, soon, soon, in nearest couple of weeks. Oh. They're going to look look at that again. Uh, uh, probably uh-huh. you know that that uh, question was raised nine years ago yes. in British Columbia, yes. and it wasn't easy. It didn't have easy road here, but right. uh, it, this question is going to be raised again, and we hope that we will have more success this mm-hmm. time. Okay. Uh, uh, Regarding Holodomor education, we also had wonderful event uh, at the beginning of September. Probably Vancouver Island community mm-hmm. uh, knows about Holodomor bus national, yes. uh, Holodomor national awareness tour that was in Victoria yeah. for two days, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. we are really thankful to Victoria Ukrainian community for tremendous support and for help with logistics of bringing the bus to Vancouver Island. That was wonderful. The bus was attended by 400 guests in two days. Wow. 400 guests. Wonderful feedback. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then the bus came to Vancouver. They were in Richmond for one day and they were open for Ukrainian community. We had close to 100 guests on that day. Mm -hmm. And then three other days, September 6th, 7th, and 8th, the bus was at local schools. And that's a wonderful achievement. Mm-hmm. Three local schools invited the bus. They had the bus for whole day on their territory. And children, and every day they had 120 to 150 children on the bus. Wow. Children had lessons on Holodomor as an uh, act of genocide, on what genocide is, uh, what the role of genocide in uh, Ukrainian history and in the world history. Uh, how is it related to or how can you re- relate those events to Canadian history as well? How you can relate those events to the human rights uh, problems and issues then and now mm-hmm. and in the future was wonderful, wonderful. I spent whole day with the bus at one mm-hmm. of the schools in mm-hmm. Vancouver. They were at uh, Point Grey Secondary School. In Surrey, they were at Fleetwood Park Secondary School. Mm-hmm. And in Chilliwock, they were at Chilliwock Secondary School. And uh, even me, like, you know, being Ukrainian and knowing this history and my family went through this history, my grandma survived Holodomor, ah. I did learn quite a lot. I did learn quite a lot, and it was eye-opening experience for uh, the children of local schools, high schoolers mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. here. And there is a, such a huge demand that we are hoping to bring the bus back in spring. 
oh. maybe March. Oh, okay. There are schools that want to have them on the grounds. Wow. Moreover, Vancouver School Board published the article on the website ah. about this visit. Ah. So we have wonderful support from uh, mm-hmm. education stakeholders, and mm-hmm. we hope that sooner or later, the Holodomor component will be in this new high school curriculum. Wow, well. wow, very good. Good. So, so, yes. mm-hmm. yeah. so, right, so what other mm-hmm. what other events have you got going forward? Uh huh. So um, the nearest event that's going to happen is uh, UCC National AGM. Oh, okay. That is being held in Vancouver this year. It's mm. October 13 to October 15th, and of course, AGM is a busy event with lots of. Uh, reporting, planning, discussions, but we will be open for the community and on October 14th we are holding dinner, large dinner, Mm. uh, UCC Community Leadership Dinner, which is going to happen on Saturday, October 14th at St. Mary's Catholic Church Community Mm. Center. And uh, our community is invited. It's, of course, going to be attended by all the delegates from mm. AGM, and we're expecting federal politicians and uh, local uh, politicians, too. Mm-hmm. And some entertainment by local community, local Ukrainian community, and, of course, wonderful dinner and uh, opportunity to, to meet each other, to talk to each other, to, to strengthen our ties, you know, and to plan mm. our future. So that's one of the nearest events that is going to happen. We're also planning um, a Holodomor commemoration event in Surrey this year mm. with the screening of Bitter Harvest okay. for the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's nearest. And then uh, February, again, we're going to have large Ukrainian community night in Richmond. Okay, wow. So there's uh, lots going on then in uh, in the Lower Mainland. Anything, um, are you going to be spilling things over here to the island? Uh, well, we are on the island in April. We held actually our uh, strategic planning retreat on Vancouver Island. And one of the reasons why we did it, because we wanted to meet with Ukrainian community on the island. So one of the days we visited the Ukrainian Community Center in Victoria. And we held our presentation for local community. Uh, we showed, you know, what our achievements are, what projects we are working on, and we offered cooperation in any way that is convenient and uh, might feel like fruitful for Ukrainian community of Vancouver Island. So here, so in, we are. Mm-hmm, here in the Mid Island, uh, we don't really have much uh, formal. Um, if anybody wanted to kind of get more involved, kind of bring a, a UCC sort of center here to the Mid Island, uh, would they mm-hmm. just contact you to for more information? Yeah. yeah? Yeah, they can they can contact us for more information. Our email is easy. It's mm-hmm. uccvancouver at gmail dot com. Okay, that's easy. <laughs> Vancouver, yeah, at gmail dot com, and my phone number is seven seven eight eight nine nine eight zero four eight. Okay, and I'm always always open for discussion and preparation. Okay, well, that's yeah. yeah well, that is uh, wonderful to find out 
that UCC is so active here on the West Coast and uh, hopefully will become even more active with more uh, input from Vancouver Island uh, community members. We really hope. We really hope. And you know what? We have good news to share with Vancouver Island that our youth is more and more active here in Vancouver and hopefully we'll have the same movement on Vancouver Island at all. on Vancouver Island too. Mm-hmm. We've got, uh, since spring, we've got youth organization, Ukrainian youth in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and they are quite active with the events, and during the summer they held quite a few Canada 150 events. Mm-hmm. Two of those I just would love to share with you because we had one BCU celebrating diversity, and we had 125 young people from uh different cultural backgrounds uh, together at the Ukrainian event. We had presentations on outstanding Ukrainian Canadians. We had presentations on Asian immigration. We had wonderful entertainment from First Nation groups and from Asian groups and from Ukrainian groups and of course wonderful Ukrainian dinner. Mm -hmm. And you had to see the eyes of those young people (laughs) and they thank you know for, for bringing them together. And then in a couple of days, we had Canada Day Parade in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and Ukrainian delegation was there. It's not first year we're there, but, mm-hmm. first, uh, but this year we had close to 200 people marching. Mm, very nice. Together, I mean, Ukrainian delegation, mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. <laughs> it was so cheerful, and we got such a great media coverage. We were shown on Vancouver uh uh, TV stations here and Ukrainian media covered that event awesome. and even U.S. Ukrainian People mm. magazine mm-hmm. published some information about that. So very proud of that. So both of these events that I'm talking about was organized or co-organized by Ukrainian youth in Vancouver. Wonderful young people with a lots of hopes in them. Interesting. Well, that's great, great news, and uh, hopefully they'll connect because there is a growing community here on the island. So, yeah. So, um, again, to uh, get in touch with uh, Natalia for more information on UCC is uccvancouver at gmail.ca dot .ca or dot .com? Dot com. Dot com. Mm-hmm. at gmail.com. And uh, for more information, uh, you would uh, address that to Natalia Yitzkevich. Or call 778-899-8048. Correct? Yes, correct. Uh, okay, great. Well, thank you once again, Natalia, for uh, coming on to Nash Holis and telling our listeners what UCC is all about and encouraging more um um, cooperation and more involvement um, uh, by community members here on Vancouver Island and I hope to see that happen very soon. Thank you. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Thank okay. you. Okay, and keep up the fantastic work and look forward to hearing more from you in the near future. It's a pleasure. You know, it's wonderful community and it's a pleasure to work with and for this community. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Thank you. Thank you so much, Natalia Yitzkevich, President of the Ukrainian Canadian Congress, Van- uh, BC branch in Vancouver. And you're listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm your host, Pavlina. Visukite Radio Peredachu Nasholos, Radio Krinskoho Korinya, na Radio Stansi CHLY, Stodenisim FM, Umisti Nanaimo. Hovorit Pavlina.
Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. Welcome to Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Peter Baker. How do you tell a story? Museums are essential places where stories about nations and cultures are told. But they are also places where the story may not be fully told. Or the story may need to be retold. There has been a global boom in new museums. There are new technologies and new ways to tell a story, especially with interactive multimedia formats. Museum visitors are no longer just passive consumers of information. This museum boom is now reaching Eastern Europe and fresh ideas about museums are facing new challenges in rapidly changing societies in that region. History and rethinking history and retelling history is complicated in post-communist societies, controversial and often painful. Recently, the Center for Urban History of East Central Europe in Lviv tackled the issues of museums telling or not telling the story. What are the challenges that Ukrainian museums face when including Jewish history into the dominant narrative of their exhibitions? A public program called Jewish Days in the City Hall, undisplayed past in Eastern European museums, featured researchers and museum experts from Ukraine, Poland, Israel, Russia, and the United States. The focus was on emerging trends in museum practices. A crucial point discussed was how to create inclusive narratives on societies with a multicultural heritage. Examples were drawn from the stories Jewish museums in Eastern Europe are now telling us. One compelling example was provided by Marcin Wodzinski. He is a historian and professor of Jewish studies at the University of Wroclaw in Western Poland. 
His special fields of interest are Jewish material culture and the social history of Jews in 19th century Eastern Europe. Wodzinski's lecture focused on the Museum of the History of Polish Jews that was opened in Warsaw in 2014. He explained how guiding principles and considerations of history shaped the museum. He outlined how the museum emerged from public debates on the Jews and Polish-Jewish relations, both academic and popular. All this has direct relevance to Ukrainian museums now grappling with similar challenges. Wodzinski noted the proposed museum started with the advantage of having no collection. But it started with a story, a powerful story. And the story was to be a museum of Jewish life and not a memorial to a gravesite. He pointed out the museum avoided a lachrymose approach, where Jewish history is presented as only that of victims. The Jewish story is not only of suffering. The museum consulted with historians and specialists for years to develop the story it wanted to tell before opening. A thousand years of Polish-Jewish history was divided into chapters. Museum space was parceled out to these chapters and reflected in structured galleries of exhibits. There is a narration of events guided by documents of the time, but the story told is in the voice of historians in the 21st century. Wodzinski noted that a museum does not have to be based on objects of display. A story does not come from objects, but historical artifacts bring to a museum an essential feeling of authenticity. The trick is to integrate artifacts effectively into museum space, and sometimes you learn from mistakes. One of the most challenging issues for the museum was dealing with the slippery and often changing meaning of identity. Polish Jews, like Ukrainian Jews, lived among non-Jews who were often divided for long periods by different empires, states, and ruling languages. A so-called Polish Jew living in Berlin was identified as such because he might be wearing traditional Jewish dress just as a so-called German Jew in the once Austrian imperial city of Lemberg, now Lviv, was called that because he wore contemporary urban clothing. The problem of identification is complex, and it is difficult to categorize. Finding answers is not easy. Wodzinski was asked what advice he would offer to those creating a future museum of Ukrainian Jews. He said you would be criticized for whatever you choose. But he stressed that what the Polish Museum was trying to get done was not choosing the least controversial approach. On the contrary, they are showing the problem of definition. Wodzinski underlined that there are difficult choices, but they are all the more fascinating to study and present. People are not made by one choice, he reminded us. People break identities, refrain from an identity, and change identities. For this very reason, Wodzinski believes the Museum of Ukrainian Jews could be a fascinating story. From all this, we can conclude, as Wodzinski's lecture at the Chapter for Urban History stated, that modern museums are, quote, mirrors carried along the high road, unquote. And just like novels, they reflect the ways contemporary individuals and societies see themselves and how they portray each other. And as times change, the mirror changes. 
as do those who look into the mirror to see themselves. This has been Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. From San Francisco, I'm Peter Baker. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com.
from Winnipeg, Manitoba. That was the Canadian Rhythm Masters with that dance that anybody that's ever been to a Ukrainian wedding or Zabava, um, at least on the prairies, um, you definitely won't ever be there without hearing this one. That is a seven-step waltz. Before them, you heard Kiev Orchestrio from Kiev and a song called don't joke about love. And earlier you heard from Tuti Tom from Saskatchewan with a medley of Ukrainian folk tunes. Lipsius petate chimpotim blukate. And our proverb of the week translates as better to ask now than to go astray later. And that brings us to the end of the first hour of Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. Please stay with us as Oksana takes over the microphone to host the next hour. Meanwhile, please join me here again next Wednesday from 11 a.m. till 12 noon. And until then, do stay in touch with both Oksana and me via our Facebook page and Twitter. And make sure to visit the Nasholus website where you can get the podcast, a link to our blog, and other information about the show. That's www.nasholus.com. So stay tuned next for the Nasholus Ukrainian Hour with Oksana, followed by World Beat Canada with Vancouver's Cal Coat. And at 2 p.m., join our own Gord Bibby for two hours of Groovin' with Bibby G. I'm Pavlina. Thanks so much for listening. Dozu Sirichi.
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you.